So hello everyone, hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us here for episode two of Coronavirus. <laughs> God's sake. Well, did you did you forget we were doing that? No, no. no. Um, well, for everyone who's wondering uh, what that means, yesterday me and Wasa, oh sorry, Wasa and I, for the grammar police out there, uh, we were talking about uh, just how we were going to plan this podcast, and I abbreviated the podcast name to CRV, and he misread that as the coronavirus podcast, so looks like he's on that again. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Okay, let's let's start that off again. So, hello everyone. Hope you're doing well, and thank you for joining us here for episode two of the Common Room Views podcast. Hey, let's, there let's we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of course I'm of course Wasa Khan, and I'm joined with Arian, as always. Yes, yes. So, how are you this morning, Arian? I'm good. You know, I woke up a slight bit later than I would have liked, but yeah, still got the entire day ahead of us. Good, good. And how's your revision going? Oh, well, that that's a touchy subject. Well, yes. I mean, <sighs> considering you know exams are almost there, you know we're about a week and a half away. Yeah, it's something. It's more like a necessity to revise rather than you know, I don't have really have the drive to do it. But you know, I know it needs to be done, so I'm kind of forcing myself. Yeah, especially because this is going to be you know a major factor for our credited grades for university as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing we can't, you know, slack on because... It, yeah, exactly. You know, you can argue it's almost just as important as getting the actual grades. Yes, it is. I mean, the universities might not even accept you even before you've done the actual exams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very daunting. Yes, and I think that brings us very nicely into today's topic for this episode, which is education. Yes, because... We both have been in this for non-stop for 17, 18 years now, so who better to talk about a student life and education system than us? Yeah, than two students. <laughs> yes. So the first thing we should talk about then, mainly because it applies strongly to you, Arian, is uh, that daunting stage of uh, every student's life, which is adulthood. Because you will be turning 18 <sighs> in a few weeks now, so you'll be legally classed as an adult. So how do you feel about that? See, I say this to everyone, that a couple of years old, literally a couple of years ago when I turned about 15 I like you know that I think that's like the last age in my head that I accepted or acknowledged as being you know and all the yeah, yeah, all the yeah, years yeah. after like 16 came you know I was just like yeah sure okay all right, all right cool <laughs> 17 <laughs> I just haven't registered and then now that I think that you know I'm 18 already um you know, when people say this in hindsight, they may sound a bit silly, but, you know, when you think about, you know, I can still remember being, me being in year seven and thinking about, oh, what would it be like to be in year 13, you know, yeah, the no, oldest I in the school. And now that, you know, we're literally a couple of weeks away from that, it's it's quite crazy. Yeah. Yes, it is indeed. I mean, do you feel anxious about it? <sighs> More... Yeah, I would say, yeah, there is there is anxiousness there, but there's also a certain excitement because, obviously, that age brings a lot of possibilities and yes, yes. there's a lot more um, responsibilities and things you can do, um, yeah. provided, provided you use it right. Um, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but I'm, no, I am quite excited. Not for year 13 as much as I am, about being 18. 18, yeah, yeah. 
And are you excited for the privileges that come with it? You know, voting, you know, the more independence that you get with it being treated as an adult. Well, um, in terms of voting, <laughs> I was having a look and I'm pretty <laughs> sure the next general election is 2024 unless it gets called um, early. Which means yeah. that, you know, me being 18 doesn't really help the government. Yeah, I suppose. It doesn't yeah. help the country, yeah. Uh, in terms of responsibilities, um, I mean, I don't plan on drinking or anything. So that, that those types of, like, liberties don't apply. But um, yeah, okay, I think just, just, just being able to say, you know, I'm 18, I'm an adult, is, is, yes, is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. For it's the like the whole title in itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're no longer a child, and I can't wait to make all those jokes. Other people, especially you guys, because you don't turn eighteen yeah, until next year. Yeah, because we're all seventeen or younger now. It's brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. So I think the next part we should talk about is the stress and responsibilities of students, because, and I'm sure you definitely agree with this, with me on this, is that we have a lot, and I mean a lot, on our plate as students. Yeah, and I mean for me, you and I, even more so than others. Um, yes. Yeah. Well. You and I both know that year 12 was particularly stressful. Um, yes, it was definitely. You know, I had to have five lessons a day. And it's nice almost going from that to now in year 13 where it's... I wouldn't say it's less stress, but there's less content on my plate because I'm only focusing on three subjects. But I don't think it makes it any yeah, easier because yeah. there's like the constant pressure of, you know, being up to mark and constantly revising and that yeah. too mostly independently as well you don't really you know have teachers getting involved that much um yeah and i and i agree with you on the fact that uh, going into year 13 it should be even less than it because of the fact that in year 12 we have to think about so much for our personal statements and actually think about what we're going to be studying at university yeah and it's think... actually and it's, it is even more scary because uh, I remember having this conversation with you earlier and we were talking about, you know, we having to think now about what we want to study in the future. Yeah. And if you were to ask me that, like, a few, few years ago, I wouldn't be saying the same thing. Yeah, and, like, um, to think that a year ago, we just got our GCSE results. And yes. it's crazy how a year later now we're having to, you know, almost be quite sure on what we want to do at university. Like, a year ago... Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to do what I want to do now. A year ago, I was looking yeah, at yeah. more like you know aerospace engineering or theoretical physics. Now I'm not looking at any of those things. So it's 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 weird how things change quite quickly. Yeah, and I think it's almost unfair that they're just piling this on as well, because obviously there is no certainty that in a few years' time you're you're going to actually be enjoying the subject that you're doing. Yeah. And, right. of course, it's not just studying as well, you know, people, we've got to be thinking of, oh, yeah, we've got to be competing with one another students to actually get into our universities or even apprenticeships. You yeah. Know, so we'd have to be doing extra as well, work experience, jobs, and then as well as your exams and revision as well. Do you think it's fair that they're doing this? I find it quite daunting that, you know, having five months spent in isolation, you know, not with yeah, no well I, w- I wouldn't say with no contact from teachers but with minimal contact no face-to-face contact yeah. which does have a big impact on learning then having to essentially you know many people have been teaching ourselves and you know schools can kid themselves and say that they've been there every step of the way but they haven't and they know they can't be so we've you know we're self-taught we've yeah we haven't had the chance to you know test ourselves on our knowledge 
Yeah. We've been working at the same uh, rate as you know we would if we weren't in quarantine. Yeah. And then to now yeah, push us into worse yeah. as well. And then to now push us into exams. Yeah. To now push us into exams. That um are literally as soon as we come back, and then we you know all the UCAS applications and all that. It just feels like everything's happening so quickly, and it, they just assume that we can keep up. And while there may be people like you and I who can keep up with it and who, you know, who will just suck it up and do what needs to be done, there will be others that can't cope and then they're already at a disadvantage. Yeah, I, I thoroughly agree with you. I mean, it's already so much so much stress, but especially during this time of quarantine and isolation, it's, I think it just, it's like a cherry on top for students, isn't it? You know, it's just pushing out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not really helping <laughs> us one more thing, yeah. in that respect as well. No. Uh, okay, and what do you think at the moment you struggle with the most in regards to student life at the moment in year 12? The drive, like the motivation needed to continue. While we were still at school, you know, I doing five things, you know, doing maths, physics, psychology, AS law and EPQ. You know, that may sound a lot, but I was, you know, happily dealing with it. It wasn't, the workload wasn't getting too much because, you know, we do work in school, I do my work at home, there'd be a routine for everything. And I could keep up with everything. Once school stopped, you know, up until, I would say, late June, I was still grinding away, you know, putting in the same hours, putting in the same work. And just at the beginning of July, I started to, like, fizzle out. And that's because there is no motivation at that point to carry on working. Yeah, yeah. So that, that you think that that lack, lack of contact at, contact at school as well then uh, kind of added on to that? lack of motivation yeah because when you're having to it's essentially self-teach because most teachers would just set work um yeah. they wouldn't really go through the content that's such to say okay read these pages make these notes or do these questions and yeah you know whilst they're there for us to ask questions you know we can email them it also is like at what point there is like a difference between being in school and you know talking to them and then being like online yeah yeah so there is a clear lack of teaching and then just having to self-teach and do everything yourself whilst you know a levels are meant to be more independent if i wanted to teach myself i wouldn't i I could do that sitting at home there teachers are there for a reason yeah i agree with you definitely yeah and so I think I well, for most people, it's just that lack of motivation means that it's a lot harder for them to just continue working at that same pace. Yeah, especially at this level of education when th- there is so much content and the way they're questioning on it is always even more difficult than compared to even GCSEs. Yeah. And like, I think, if, we, if we, I think were... we were quite fortunate in regards to, uh, obviously, I think our school was more or less prepared for this in the sense that we were using of course for the use for the listeners at home we were using uh google classroom and uh google meets and i don't think yeah not every school was as fortunate in in that respect to actually have that communication as much as th- i think we did with teachers yeah and i know i know a handful of people whose schools just did not you know have online lessons and they just set work and then you know in- interacted with students like every once in a while so in that aspect we've been quite lucky but even then, it hasn't been perfect. Yeah, no, I agree with you, definitely. 
Now, I think the biggest topic that I think we should talk about is further education. And I think we'll be diving more into universities, seeing as both you and I want to apply for university. But obviously, in regards to further education, you can apply for apprenticeships or go straight into a career. But how excited are you for university, Ariel? Oh, massively, massively. Um, I A lot of people do say, and you know, everyone I've heard who has gone through, you know, from secondary all the way to university everyone says that you know a levels are the worst uh two years of your education Love now i i assumed people were grow slightly over exaggerating but having now been through it i, I would happily agree that the stress yes. <laughs> especially in year 12 because that's the jump between gcse's and sixth form that yeah. jump is massive so you're hit a lot harder by year 13 you've kind of understood what you need to do so it's less of a impact but yeah. it's just getting through these two years and then going to university which will be challenging but in a manageable way yeah it's not I as when i say it's not as intense it's because it's something you really want to do so obviously you have that drive to do well because it is a subject you've chosen Yes, uh, like, the, that's exactly what I was thinking. There's, so, like, yeah. more hours, better, you know, in, engagement with the uh, tutors and lecturers. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited in the least. How about you? Yeah, that, yeah I'm, I'm also really excited as well because I thoroughly agree, agree with you. In fact, that we'll be focusing more on a single subject. Obviously, this is a subject that we, we want to choose. Note that with A-levels, we're not studying topics we, or subjects we don't like. It's just that I'd rather put that attention into that single subject. And yeah. I also agree with you in the fact that, as well, year 12 has definitely been, I think, the worst year so far in the education. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this this I'm is coming going. from year 11 GCSEs exam, where we have so many exams, but it's just so much more strenuous. It's just, yeah, it is really more difficult at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I remember in GCSEs, I thought that, you know, A-levels would be slightly better than GCSEs in the sense that we'd be narrowing down the subjects we do, which means I'd be choosing yeah. subjects and doing subjects that I enjoyed. But now in lay levels, despite the the subjects being ones that I've chosen, it is immensely harder. There's a bigger workload. Yeah. And while I was somewhat prepared for that, the jump between GCSEs and A levels is massive. Like the expect like what you're expected to do, how quickly you're expected to adapt to that, I think it's unrealistic. Yes. And it's not like it, we're the first year that I've said this. This has been happening since, you know, I can remember like since I can remember be- hearing of sixth form, that's a- everything ev- anyone has ever said. Yes. I mean, I remember I was thinking when I was applying for sixth form is that, you know, three subjects, that content should be easier. But it is, it is not. I mean, the content of each subject accumulates to be equal to that of the GCSEs. Yeah. And also, in regards to the universities, do you think that the whole admissions process is fair on students, you know, going from personal statements to actual interviews to admissions tests. Oh, absolutely not. See, while, well, there's two things here. One, um, in the current climate, I find it quite shocking that whilst, you know, secondaries have to, you know, adapt to the current situation, it feels like universities aren't a part of that, like, that change. Like, we're, we're meant to adapt to conform to you know the norms of universities you know as in terms of the UCAS applications and all the deadlines we have to adhere to them yeah and universities don't seem to be flexible about that 
and it just feels like why do we have to put so much pressure on ourselves whilst universities res- yeah, like no, yeah, you know, don't want to change and then the other thing is in terms of all these applications and deadlines i get for some subjects you know like medicine especially um and in terms of early applicants there is a lot more um I wouldn't say demand. There's a lot more competition for those subjects, so you yeah. need to get all those applications in early. But I feel like because of that, then all of the people who aren't early applicants, such as you and I, we have to do the exams. You know, at the same time, we have to do them really early, and we have to do all of this like in quick succession, really quickly. And yeah, again, agree, that just yeah. adds to you know the stress of not only you know having to teach yourself in this situation, but do all your revision on your own without being tested and then now that we're being tested it's as if you know it's we're just meant to you know comply and adhere to whatever the school says which i find is very silly yes no i agree and especially on the part where as a student it's stressful enough and then you have to worry about your whole admissions process and whether or not you're actually going to be accepted into an interview if it applies to your university and the whole idea that your personal statement is the first thing that they're going to see and perhaps not everyone is able to portray themselves in a way that you know they'd like to or that is more realistic so i do find it unfair as well yeah especially to think as well that you you find out if you have been accepted to any of your choices before you've even sat the exams and i think that adds you know that first of all before you even receive anything you have that fear of whether or not you're going to get accepted to any of them and then if yeah. you do get if you do receive you know the notifications then you're like oh i haven't got in and that's even before you've sat the exam so i think it demeans yeah. students even more and i feel like even if you see that you've received offers from these universities that may even be added pressure for some people because you feel like you have expectations to meet now yes exactly because of course you're given uh, you have to reach the exact uh, the the grades that they give you yeah yeah, no, I agree. It's, and the worst part, I think, which I think uh, in our group we've struggled the most with is predicted grades. Oh, yes. predicted grades. That's, well, the fact that they base year 11 GCSE predicted grades, or sorry, um, or target grades off of SATs grades is wild. And predicted grades is just another wormhole. I don't, I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it really annoys me well I mean in terms of predicted grades we've had the recent A-level fiasco yes uh, where we all know that Ofcorn has well, well did because it's been scrapped since but uh, had a algorithm which was in effect quite shit yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was very poor um, and you know, I had those stats where it said that um, it was in an interview with Sky News, and um, it was understood that in mid July, Ofcall had tested and modeled their algorithm in July. Meanwhile, these exam results came in August, so they had a month prior to the results, they already had estimated that 40% of the grades would be altered or negatively affected via the algorithm. And despite knowing this, they still went, they still went ahead with it. And lo and behold, 40% of students were negatively affected. It's just... And it's like... You're prepared to have almost half of the students doing A-levels negatively affected. But what for re- what, re- what reason? Like, what's the point? 
like for, we, we I, I'm sure a lot of everyone listening to this has probably seen the um post about uh this girl who was predicted like A star A star A or something and came up with BBC. Yes, I saw like, that. Where yeah. do you even make that transition? Like, how can you drop her two grades in all of like two grades from her predicted grades? Like teachers aren't stupid. If someone's being predicted A star A star A, they clearly have evidence to back it up with. Then how why how can you drop them two grades? Because that's the difference between going to somewhere like, you know, Cambridge or Imperial and then going to, like, you know, uh, uh, not even a roster group. I don't even know how many roster groups would allow a BB- BBC yeah, in a no, certain I field. Agree. And there's just no justification in this algorithm. What I don't understand is, or it's just that they base this on the ranking from last year's exam, is it? But there's, there's no way to, to, to guarantee that a person who would have got, like, the fifth highest grade last year would do the same this year. And it's just... I think the people who have yeah. most benefited from this is, of course, as we said, private schools. Oh, uh, <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, ironically or unironically, um, Eton College received amazing grades. Um, I had the list of the top ten schools uh, or six homes colleges in the uni in in a sorry country that uh, received high like a high percentage of grades. Um, Wickham Abbey is a independent school brighton college i believe is also an independent school eton mm-hmm. is number eight on this list also an independent school um and i believe eton yeah they they were in the top 10 and you know this also links to the fact that a third of the pri- british prime ministers have come from eton the current cabinet in government is mainly made up of, of tories who are from private schools which goes to show that if they receive if you know this system isn't clearly anything new uh, private schools always receive higher grades than public schools and it goes to show that how many of these you know people in 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 high positions you know gavin williamson uh boris johnson all of these people how incompetent they actually may be and you know i i was reading yesterday gavin williamson was the defense secretary a couple years ago how does he go from being defence secretary to the minister for education? Like, oh, where it's like it's like they don't need qualifications. And then to think these are the people leading the country and making decisions on our behalf, yeah. it's crazy. You know, trying to stay away from politics as much as possible because you know we're not here to discuss politics. But when you put it in that aspect, it's quite it's quite shocking and, and a little bit depressing to think about. Yeah, I I mean this government's approach to this year's results and the education this year has been diabolical, I think. You know, I think there's been no regard to the amount of stress that students go through and to think that, oh, 40% of students being downgraded, they won't be shattered by that. It's just it's just simply stupid. Yeah. I mean, GCSE students, on the other hand, are having a write-off laugh from what I've heard. Yes, yes. We, we have mixed um, feelings about this results fiasco, don't we? we oh, we, I mean, do, we do, we yeah. do. <laughs> well, um for all the listeners out there um we're saying i performed quite well being as modest as possible and that's not you know to try and toot our own horn or anything but we put in the effort and we got the grades now we both know how much work we put in last year to get those grades and we're already hearing of loads of people in the year below uh getting extremely high grades um, I think the stats were 25% of all students who sat the exams received a grade 7 or above. 
Yes. And there was, I believe, a 40% increase in the amount of grade nines given. Now, that's, that's the part that gets me the most, because the reason that this whole new, uh, this new system was introduced for one to nines was to just increase the difficulty of getting an A star, so get... Yeah, so it's to, yeah, to, to show that instead of, yeah, and it could, because both of them are technically equivalent to like a A star, but one's kind of like a low A star, the other one's a high A star. Yes, exactly, yeah. But now that you're, it's like, now you created that separation to see like, you know, high tier and then the highest tier, but now that you're just dishing, dishing out all these nines, it seems a bit incredulous that, you know, all these people... Got, and that's not to discredit them, you know. I know a handful of people that did get the grades they deserve, deserved because they, they did put in the work, but it that's seems a like few minority a, at four, the end of the day. Yeah, a 40% increase in grade nines, and that without yeah. them sitting exams. And that also links to the point that these people, because uh, exams were essentially cancelled almost immediately after we when we went to quarantine at the end of March. Yeah. So there's no way any of these year 11s were like revised or studies, which means they never got the chance to build a foundation on their GCSE knowledge. They had it, but they were never tested on it. And when you're not tested on something, you don't put the work in. Like you don't, no, you don't exactly, work as yeah. hard as you can, which means that when they go into A-levels, obviously continuing the subjects at GCSEs, they, it's going to hit them like a truck because yes, if for us... Yeah, and if for us the gap was so big between GCSEs and A levels, for them it's going to be twice as much because they were never they never solidified their knowledge on that yeah. subject enough for them to you know use it as a foundation to kick off of. And the whole point of these GCSEs is to prepare them in a way for A level, so they pick the right subjects because of course they studied these subjects for two two years now, so they gained enough knowledge to know whether they enjoy it enough or not. And yeah, it's just. I don't know. I mean, I think we're quite conflicted with the results this year. So I agree with the fact that I'm glad that they did, I'm like you know very pleased that they did the U-turn for the result for the A-level results, but yeah. because of course that's going to be affecting <clears throat> the future and you know, university decisions as well. But in regards to the GCSEs, I think it should have. They, I don't know. I think the government should have. No, no. I don't think they should have used the algorithm in this case. But you know, done it case by case, you know, they should have looked at each score and looked, you know, that's too many nines at the end of the day. That's highly unrealistic. And then the score should have gone back to them yeah. with that. If you put that in perspective, that's, so that, that's almost like, unless my math is incredibly off, that's almost half of the students from last year getting a grade nine on top of everyone who already got a grade nine. Yes. And it feels yeah. like, more than you know like obviously it doesn't affect us like i'm more than pleased with my you know you average i think uh or was it 8.8 maybe and i i averaged an 8.4 so we did very well but it's not even about how it affects us it's more about these we know how hard it was for in that jump from year 11 to year 12 yeah and these students will now be feeling oh look you know uh look at me i got such good grades without being tested because I know for a fact that if I had got my if if I had been in year eleven and I'd been uh, given my predicted grades, I wouldn't have got the same grades I got. So yes, yeah. it just shows that you know, even students like us who um, overachieve, we 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 still even overachieved in our exams. Whereas some people who may have, you know, underachieved before exams, 
they've got uh, results that don't represent their ability. Yeah. And above all, it's a bad thing for them because then they are disillusioned. That, you know, they've yeah, done well. Yeah, I agree with you. Especially it, with the fact that, of course, these GCSEs decide whether which subjects you can even choose for A-levels as well. Because, of course, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to reach the entry requirement as well. Yeah. So, I oh, think this... Oh, go on, go on. Yes, so I think that this government has been, you know, they have disregarded the whole student life and what process we have to go through to actually achieve the next stage. So from GCCs to A-levels, you've got to reach the correct grades that reflect you so that you ch- you end up choosing the right subjects or A-levels. And then that will go yeah. on to allow you to choose the right university or right subject to study at university, if university is a choice, of course. So, yeah, I think this government has done, you know, a very, very poor job this year. And I think this has showed, you know you know really well how how much this, um, the government really cares about the education system uh, well i mean I, I don't think they do at all yeah <laughs> it's like they're so detached from what makes sense yeah because how how do you justify giving things like if anything a level students shouldn't have been marked down so harshly and GCSEs because if you're weighing them up A-levels are entirely more important than GCSEs a whole new because with G- GCSEs yeah and because if you don't get the A-level results you go into a bad university if you go into a bad university that affects your chances of getting a job and then you know that affects your future life yes whereas when it's um, GCSEs if you get the grades to go into A-levels as we found out they don't really care after a certain point. Yeah. The only thing GCSEs really um, influences your target grade, but target grades are one of the most useless things. Or like for oh, yeah, anyone that paid enough attention, all it does is add extra stress. Yeah, I mean, we we can definitely agree with that because at the end of the day, our target grades did not reflect anything from our GCSEs, so they were just pointless. Yeah. And, and in regards to A levels, they just add, yeah, as you said, adding more stress, which is you know yeah. unnecessary. You know, there should be expectations, but at the same time, there shouldn't be punishment at those expectations. For example, you know, we did a, a maths um, test early on in the year. Yes, yeah. And if you didn't hit like a certain, certain threshold, you had to go in and do like revision sessions after school for an yeah, hour. But... And that was for like a good four months. And that's crazy because at that point you just feel like you're being punished for not being smart enough. Yeah, and this is right at the start think, of the year as well. Exactly. So if you're going to start off the year that, um, you know, with such a negative mindset that, oh, you know, I'm not smart enough, how do you expect people to perform? Because, yeah, yeah fine, yeah. you get you, you get some of the students that are like, oh, you know, I've done bad, let me try and work harder, which is what most people do. But you also have that, you know, feeling of I'm not good enough or I'm underperforming. Which is the last thing you want in your worst year in education and at the beginning of it. Definitely, yeah. Alright then, should we start ending off? Say again? Should we start ending off? <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Yes, um, right then. Well, on a, on a leaving note, um, let me just quickly mention that uh, party that I found. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I came across um, 
you know, this is, uh, you know, if for all the people who are going to be our voting age soon, um, if you don't want to vote for any of the, you know, the mainstream parties, oh, right? No. There are a bunch of weird and wonderful parties out there, um, called one of them being the official monster raving loony party. Sounds um, and here are some of their proposals, and I think they're really, you know, key to the, the current climate, which is, we shall keep the Falklands and give Jeremy Corbyn to the Argentinians. You know, I think, oh, what with one of the, and then um, one of their manifestos in the Welsh Assembly was, we will try and find a breeding pair of dragons, as the Welsh dragon is an endangered species. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. <laughs> To save money, we will reduce the Welsh Ensemble from 60 seats to 5 and create the Welsh Ensemble. <laughs> oh my days. Uh, we will give the letter K a sound. We will legalise broccoli. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's wild out there. It's wild. It is indeed. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. For in- Ooh, Sorry, I can't speak anymore. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the second episode of the Common Room Views podcast. Like we said, this is available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, happy listening. Yeah, join us next time. See you then. <laughs>